0: Hey, naturalists, I'm Emily. I'm Andy. And welcome back to Unnatural. It's been a few weeks. We missed you.
1: It's been a minute.
0: Yeah. It's almost like it, we haven't talked to you since last year.
1: I know. How weird is that?
0: Super weird.
1: I'm not used to it being 2023 yet. No, me either. It's going to take me at least six months. For sure. Like write, writing checks and stuff. I'm terrible at that.
0: Yeah, well, I have to write the date every day at work, and I still always want to start everything with 22, so.
1: Yeah. I'm still stuck in like the 90s, so I'm way behind.
0: Yeah, your fashion sense shows.
1: We we do have a special treat for people this week. Since we missed last week, we're going to bring two episodes this week.
0: Yeah, and this one is also going to be a little special, and we're going to go off the beaten path a little bit and do something that I just now decided to call unnatural news.
1: Ooh, okay. I'm intrigued.
0: Yeah, well, what we're doing today is I know the headlines are just full of what's going on in Idaho with those murders, so... Yeah. Um, being that we generally are, like don't cover things as they happen, and this is something big in the true crime community that's happening right now, I thought that we would just do some kind of unnatural news episodes where we just do kind of updates and overviews on what's happening in true crime news.
1: Obviously, there's a lot still to come with this case. It's really captivated the nation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's just absolutely heartbreaking what happened. So today we are just going to talk about what we know so far about the University of Idaho murders.
1: Let's get it going.
0: Early morning hours of November 13th, 2022, police received a 911 call that would lead them to a home near the University of Idaho where four students had been brutally murdered. Those students were 20 um, year old Ethan Chapin, 21 year old Madison Logan, 20 year old Santa Kerbodal, and 21 year old Katie Gonclaves. For weeks, we wouldn't hear much from investigators and so far from what i've read and kind of seen in the media it people were worried that police had botched this investigation
1: yeah they were saying they dropped the ball
0: yeah but as many of you have heard an arrest was made 28 year old brian christopher koberger who was a PhD student at Washington state was arrested. And he, what I just find fascinating is that he was studying criminology.
1: Hmm. Maybe a little bit too much.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go back in time a little bit and just kind of talk about what happened. So on Saturday, November 12th, Kaylee posted a handful of photos on her Instagram page at 8.57 p.m. So, she posted a really cute picture of, um, so Kaylee's standing there and it looks like Madison is sitting on her shoulders. And then Xana and Ethan are just kind of like cutesy standing next to them. And I, I hope I'm saying their names correctly because I have heard them pronounced a few different ways. Yeah, me too. So, correct me if I'm wrong here. But then also the night of November 12th, um, the two girls or two of the girls, Kaylee and Madison, went and hung out at a bar downtown called the Corner Club. And then Ethan and Santa, who they were boyfriend and girlfriend, went to a party at the Sigma Chi house, which was also near campus. And then at 1.41 a.m. on Sunday, November 13th, Kaylee and Madison were seen on a Twitch live stream at mm-hmm. the grub truck in downtown Moscow. And they were there. They were drinking and they were talking with people. And also in that video, there was a guy seen kind of wearing... um wearing a black cap and a jacket and he had like a beard and mustache and internet sleuths and police alike were kind of honing in on him as a suspect. I because, remember that. Yeah. Here's some strange They were all guy. over him. Yeah. But later it was announced that he was not a suspect in this.
1: He was just a dude with a beard.
0: Yeah. He was just a dude with a hat and a beard. So, all four of the victims arrived back home shortly before two o'clock in the morning. It looks like Ethan and Zana got home at about one forty-five, and then um, Kaylee and Madison got back at about one fifty-six. Well, now that we know that Brian was involved at two forty-seven, allegedly, allegedly. Thank you. At two forty-seven a.m., a phone belonging to Brian stopped connecting to a tower in Pullman, Washington, where he lives.
1: So it wasn't pinging anymore. Right. Okay.
0: And that's just um, a short drive away from the University of Idaho campus in Moscow, where um, the kids lived. Then at 2.53 a.m., surveillance footage shows a white car that looked like a Hyundai Elantra registered to Brian was um, driving on the highway between in Moscow. Then at 329, additional surveillance video shows this same car in the neighborhood by the victim's house where the crime obviously occurred. and the vehicle makes three passes by the house. Hmm. Then at about 4am, Santana gets a doordash delivery. And at about that same time, someone else in the house got woken up by what she thought was an upstairs roommate playing with her dog. Now, that's what she said to the police. Then at 4.04 a.m., surveillance video shows the same white Elantra returning to the area for a fourth time. And at one point, doing a three-point turn in the road by the house. Then at 4.12 a.m., Zanna uses her TikTok app on her phone. And one of the downstairs roommates is also awake. Um, And then sometime around this time, she told investigators that she heard what sounded like crying coming from Xana's room. But when she opened the door, she said she heard a male voice telling someone something to the effect of, it's okay, I'm going to help you. Hmm. Then at 4.17, a security camera from a nearby house picked up some kind of weird audio of what sounds like a whimper and a loud thud. And then a dog is also heard barking several times. And at some point, one of the roommates opens her bedroom door again, according to what she told investigators. And she said she saw a man with bushy eyebrows, all dressed in black, wearing a mask. And he walked past her and went towards one of the sliding glass doors on the second floor. And it was at that point, she went back into her room and she locked the door and um, as far as we know it's not clearly stated what she does for the next several hours because if you remember or have seen it is several hours Mm -hmm. later that the 911 call is actually placed but we'll get there yeah so then at 420 this same white Elantra is seen driving away from the neighborhood going fast And then at 4.48, Brian's phone reconnects to that cell tower south of Moscow near Blaine, Idaho. And then at 5.30, um, after traveling in the area south of Moscow, his phone is detected back in Pullman.
1: So he turned it back on.
0: Yeah, it sounds like. And then at 9.12, his phone connects again to a tower close to the scene and it stays there until 921 before going back to his home in Pullman. And then like I just kind of mentioned, it is at 1158 that a call to 911 is made. Now, before you say it or anyone else says it, there's been a lot of scrutiny on the internet about why it took so long for this 911 call, to happen but let's keep in mind these are all college kids yeah they're known to have parties at this house as far as we know there was no like no one heard screaming no one heard like a ruckus happening and
1: people were we passed really out know,
0: yeah all we really know is that one of the girls saw a weird guy heard some weird things she locked herself in her room i i don't think anyone on this planet, knowing what we know, is going to think, hey, I bet you my roommates were just murdered. I should probably right. go check on them.
1: Yeah, it's funny. The internet fails to realize that. It's like hindsight's always 20-20, but at the time, you don't suspect that a mass murder is taking place. Right. Right.
0: When this 911 call was made, police said that they did, uh, multiple people spoke to the dispatcher. And then once they arrived on scene, they realized that the four victims had indeed been murdered. And it was at 2 p.m. on that Sunday that the university told students of the homicide and told them to, quote unquote, shelter in place. However, that was lifted about an hour later and now we're getting into Monday, November 14th, where this is where a lot of the conflicting information comes out into the public. Yeah. Like The mayor got on record telling the news that this was a crime of passion. And then he backtracked and was like, well, maybe not because the cops are looking at several potential motives. And then the police said that they didn't believe there was an ongoing risk to the community.
1: But as we know now, the police were kind of on it at the time i think
0: yeah well i think i think where a lot of the scrutiny and kind of backlash came from is i think i think too many people were opening their mouths and nobody was really on the same page because this is just like a day or two after these kids are found murdered right and
1: we're in the age of the internet, so everybody immediately is on Twitter. They're on social media. They're trying to figure it out, and they're immediately trying to place blame on someone.
0: Yeah, and then like yeah, like you have the conflicting statements being released, so the community is like, "What the hell is going on?" Because there's all this contradicting information, and um,
1: and it was blowing up at oh, this time. I mean, it, yeah. th- this had gone worldwide within. A day I would say
0: I honestly I would say like within hours because yeah. I feel like I remember reading about it that day but we in yeah. our defense you and I probably also pay a little bit more attention to the crimes of the world than like your maybe average-
1: but even like for example at, at my real job we always have a TV on that is always showing like either good morning America or CNN, Fox News, and it was the top story on all of those. So it was gripping the nation. And even when you just started talking about when this took place in November, I'm thinking to myself, holy shit, it's only been two months. It feels like it's been eight months since this all went down because it's just been in the public eye for so long
0: yeah and i know you know people have been overly critical about why did it take seven weeks for someone to be arrested and i think like we just get it in our heads that everything is supposed to happen super quick and like they're supposed to have all this information really really fast right away and like you should be able to you know but like
1: and i might be jumping the gun here but it it sounds like the investigators were just doing their due diligence
0: yeah absolutely So on Wednesday, November 16th, it was announced that two girls who also lived in the home were there when the attack happened and they did survive and they were unharmed. There were no signs of forced entry at the house. They, you know, kept saying that, you know, there's no danger to the community. They didn't have a suspect, but they are looking and they were asking for tips. And then on Thursday, November 17th, the coroner released the autopsy results and, um, they said that all four victims' cause of death was homicide by stabbing. They each had been stabbed multiple times with a large fixed blade knife. Now, if you don't know what a fixed blade knife is, it is a knife where the blade does not It is fixed in place. You can't like fold it down or anything like that. And some of the victims had defensive wounds suggesting that they had either been awake or woken up at the time of the attack. And it sounds like um, Xana and Ethan were in the same bed, bedroom together. And then Madison and Kaylee were also in the same room like sleeping in the same bed together Mm -hmm. when they were killed
1: just awful
0: luckily i i guess there were no signs of sexual assault on any of the victims and now here's where police are really just kind of trying to crowdsource any sort of information that they can so they released um, a map kind of showing the movements of the victims the night before or like the day before the night before the murder um hoping to get um you know surveillance footage if anybody may have seen them walking in the area or seen any uh you know suspicious Suspicious activity. activity yeah and then apparently there were a couple similar crimes that had happened weeks and years prior to this, which I didn't really know about any of these, but
1: in that area,
0: yeah. Well, and then it was made it was made clear by police that any connections to these, like there was no connection. But a freaking okay, here, pr- trigger warning, probably dog violence. An Australian oh shepherd, like my dog, yeah. was found, quote, skinned and filleted. What? Yes, three weeks. Is- before this murder
1: this fucking game of thrones is this the boltons i don't get it
0: yeah i don't know hate it
1: okay anytime you fuck with a dog that's when i just lose my shit yeah i hate seeing animals being tortured killed oh
0: my god yeah me too even in
1: movies oh my god
0: yeah so then on Tuesday, November 22nd, police said in a press release that they, quote, pursued hundreds of pieces of information related to this topic and have not been able to identify or verify the identity of a stalker, end quote. So people were saying that Kaylee perhaps had a stalker. Mm-hmm. Um I, I don't know if it was an ex-boyfriend or just like a guy, but apparently she had been dealing with kind of like a creepo that... Um, Her friends thought that may have been stalking her, um, but the detectives said that they did look into something that had happened where a man had followed her around a store a few months earlier, but it was was ruled a quote-unquote isolated incident.
1: And let's face it, women have to deal with that all the time, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So then... Fast forwarding to Wednesday, November thirtieth, there was a vigil held for the victims, and hundreds of people showed up. I remember that. The families, some of the families spoke, and um, I watched the video. And I can't even like read some quotes of what these people said because I will cry, and I really don't want to cry today. But
1: it was emotional.
0: Yeah, it it was very emotional. I mean, I just, like, I can't even imagine, like, you send your kids off to college, they're just kind of living their best lives, they're all friends, they have this house together, and then four of them are just tragically murdered. confusion is kind of happening in the media again where some people were saying like police the news were saying that this was a targeted crime undoubtedly targeted one of them said and then the police department is like no this is a miscommunication we haven't officially said that this was a targeted crime but then the next day they were like we believe the attack was targeted so it's it's like yeah make up your mind. Mm -hmm. Police released a list of people that they had kind of cleared of the crime, which were the two roommates that had survived, the man on the surveillance video with the hat and the beard, the like taxi driver who took Madison and Kaylee home that night, Kaylee's ex-boyfriend... A guy who showed up at the home when the 911 calls were made, and then there was like another student or two that had um, been on the lease of the house but had moved out a while earlier, so these were just kind of the people closest to the victims that you would probably want to look at at first, you know, anyone who may potentially have a motive, because most of the time, you know, crimes like these are close to home, but the police were able to clear everyone who may have been a person of interest in the first yeah. place, but now there it just, were some it
1: crazy, I, I don't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. There were some crazy conspiracy theories mm-hmm. online at the time. If you remember, mm-hmm. yeah, and, we're not even
0: going to talk about those today.
1: Okay. Cause I, well, I do want to say that um, one of those was a TikToker who was a sleuth who was accusing a U of I professor of doing it? Well, guess what? That U of I professor is now suing the TikTok sleuth as she yeah. should.
0: Yeah, I mean, you really You really got to be careful with what you're saying. Yeah. Everything is alleged.
1: But when you're trying to be a sensationalist and you're trying to get clicks and views and stuff, that's where you're going to get into trouble.
0: So then on Monday, December fifth kaylee's dad is like look
1: oh i remember this rant
0: shit's a little fucked up yeah there's no transparency on how this investigation is going there's confusion everywhere it's absurd The blood he was pissed
1: he was irate yeah
0: yeah and he was like how were you guys able to clear this many people when they could potentially be connected to the crime. They've already made a million fuck ups. But then also at the same time, I feel like you got to, I know like it sucks and it's hard to put faith in investigators because we do know that they fuck up and they fuck up royally, but But it does take time. time. Yeah, it does take time. And then you also got to keep, keep it close to your chest because what if, what if, um, you know, the person or people who did this pull a Brian laundry mm-hmm. and just disappear and unalive themselves? Right. You know? And,
1: and you have to take an account, and I know law enforcement trains on this, that family members understandably are going to be excessively emotional.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you really don't want to release too many details to the public. But also, you know, I feel like what they were releasing and where it was coming from, like things were just getting miscommunicated. And I think that's where a lot of the problems came from, too. Mm-hmm. But then on Wednesday, December 7th, police were seeking information about this um white Hyundai Elantra that had been seen on surveillance footage that um, I mentioned earlier with the timeline. Police are doing what they do. They're just, they're sifting through hours worth of security cam footage from gas stations, nearby homes, and they uh, were seeing this white car going by all over the place. And I think, I think just the the time and the fact that it's the same car really Four kind times. of- yeah. Really kind of put up their feelers and they were like, okay, look.
1: That's not a coincidence.
0: Yeah. This is a, su- this is suspicious. Sus. Super sus. Then on Sunday, December 18th, a video got leaked showing two of the girls walking with a man the night before the murders. Um, This, I don't know if it was leaked in a Facebook group or if. It just kind of got big. But anyway, there was there's this Facebook group dedicated to talking about the murders exclusively. And this surveillance footage was shared in the group where you can see uh Kaylee and Madison walking. And this is just like hours before they ended up being killed. Uh, they were walking in downtown with a man who looks like the same student um, in a hoodie and the hat that was standing next to them from the grub truck. Hmm. And in the video, they were discussing a guy named Adam, who is a bartender. And that's according to Kaylee's family's lawyer. And then more images, videos, pictures got leaked of the girls at this bar. So people are really just kind of like the internet sleuths. I will admit... I was kind of doing the same thing. I wasn't sleuthing as hard as some of these people do. But I was like, I was looking at stuff and evidence and pictures. And I'm like, it's probably that guy. It was probably that guy. It could Mm -hmm. have been that guy, you know. Um, And I guess I was kind of thinking initially, and I know there was a lot of kind of back and forth and speculation on was this one person? Was this multiple people? But I was just thinking like, yeah, this happened in the middle of the night, but you were able to surprise four people four and kill people, them?
1: people, yeah. I yeah, thought it was so, multiple people at first.
0: Yeah, so did I. But it was not, because on Friday, December 30th, just right after Christmas, Washington State University PhD student Brian Christopher Koberger was arrested in Eastern Pennsylvania on an Idaho warrant, and he was being charged with four counts of first-degree murder and felony burglary Mm. so let's talk about this fucking guy yeah brian um i we talked a little bit about it earlier but he was studying uh criminal justice and criminology in pullman washington which is just like eight miles away from
1: it's not far from the border
0: yeah no not at all and um I was wondering, I was really wondering because it seemed when this was announced, it seemed really weird to me that um, this guy in freaking Pennsylvania was arrested. So I'm like, how did they link this dude? And it wasn't, what was it, last, just this past Thursday that the probable cause affidavit was released? Yeah. Thursday. That sounds right. Thursday. So what it said in there was um, one of the survivors said, quote, she opened the door for the third time after she heard crying and saw a figure clad in black clothing and a mask covered that covered the person's mouth and nose walking towards her. She described the figure as 5'10 or taller male, not very muscular, but athletically built with bushy eyebrows. The male walked past DM as she stood in a frozen shock phase. The male walked towards the back sliding glass door. DM locked herself in her room after seeing the male. DM did not state that she recognized the male. This leads investigators to believe that the murderer left the scene. So that was in there, which that was big. That she was awake. She saw him. Yeah. Apparently at the scene, they found a knife sheath.
1: Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. so his, his DNA was on it.
0: Yeah, police said they were able to get a DNA sample from the button snap on the sheath.
1: So I'm imagining this is one of those large buoy knives or something, because those usually have those big sheaths that you put them in. Yeah. Just a side note.
0: What kind of happened was they were able to figure out who the car belonged to, and that's how they found Brian. And then Pennsylvania police officers were following him for a few days because the affidavit says, quote, On December 27th, 2022, Pennsylvania agents recovered the trash from the Koberger family residence located in Albertsville, Pennsylvania. The evidence was sent to the Idaho State Lab for testing. On December 28, 2022, the Idaho State Lab reported that the DNA profile obtained from the trash and the DNA profile obtained from the sheath identified a male as not being excluded as the biological father of suspect profile. At least ninety nine point nine 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 eight percent of the male population would be expected to be excluded from the possibility of being the the suspect's biological father so what they did is they got something out of the trash that had brian's dad's dna on it and then just this fucking brian guy apparently applied to work at a local police department and wow i hadn't heard that yeah. Um, in the affidavit, it said these, uh, quote, these records also show Koberger wrote an essay when he applied for an internship with the Pullman Police Department in the fall of 2022. He wrote in his essay that he had an interest in assisting rural law enforcement agencies with how to better collect and analyze technological data in public safety operations.
1: That's the last guy you want to be a police officer.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. I mean, I, I wonder, I really, I wonder. I mean, so he, he's pleading not guilty. So it sounds like there's likely going to be a trial and it's going to be a big one.
1: Which we will like. cover.
0: We absolutely will cover. So that is just kind of basically most of what we know. So far. So far. And I wonder, I mean, it sounds like he, I mean, Innocent pro- until proven guilty, but he yep. really does seem like a pretty viable suspect because he owns this this car. His phone records are pretty compelling. They have DNA evidence. Um, they haven't found the murder weapon, which who knows? Who knows? I mean, the guy. But they found the
1: sheath. They did. That's find huge. Sheath.
0: Yeah, but a good lawyer might be able to create enough reasonable doubt that they don't know exactly what kind of knife killed them. And that might not be the knife that was on the sheath. Maybe because he like was a student or like had friends in the area, he could say, you know, there's just kind of off the top of my head. I can think of several different defenses that, you know, a lawyer could use. But I wonder if as more information comes out that maybe they find the smoking gun, That is like, yes, absolutely. He did this. And then maybe we'll get lucky enough that he'll talk because I mean, from, from what I've read on the internet and what it sounds like, like he obviously has a big interest in crime because he's studying criminology, criminal justice. Um, I saw somewhere where they talked about how he did um, I don't know if this is true or not. I had just kind of seen it around the Internet that he had um, for one of his classes. He put out um, like some type of survey where he asked kind of really strange questions. Like what? I don't remember. Hmm. Um, I would have to. I saw something about it in um, like a true crime group that I'm on on Facebook. They were talking about it. But it was just, it was just, I think, and I don't know, but, um, you know, there was also people saying that he was really paying attention to what was happening with the investigation and with the crime. Um, As you know, we they, see
1: often happens with these killers.
0: Yeah. I mean, they think that, you know, he, like he returned to the scene after the murders, yeah. which, you know, in like we see that a 90, lot. yeah, like 90% of those, what do you call them? profiles profiles
1: mm-hmm. sure yeah of the, of these type of killers yeah
0: where they just kind of like describe oh the killer might be this or they might be that and like 9 times out of 10 it's they're probably paying very close attention to what's happening or not at all
1: yeah or they return to the scene of the scene of the crime or they mm-hmm. save newspaper clippings or maybe bookmark things on their Internet browser, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I wonder if they got a hold of like his laptop or his phone and they know like what he was searching in the days leading. Yeah. I'm sure that will come into play.
1: That will definitely come into play.
0: Yeah. I guess um, we'll have to wait and see. see. Yeah. We will have to wait and see. Um, Next time there are any big developments with this case or other cases, we will definitely do an episode and talk about it. In the meantime, if you want to get in on the discussion of this case, come hang out with us on social media. You can do that on Instagram, Unnatural the Podcast. Facebook, Unnatural a True Crime Podcast. You can also send us a Gmail, Unnatural the Podcast at gmail.com. Also consider signing up for our Patreon page where you get early access to ad-free episodes, bonus content, and more. That is patreon.com slash pod. And as Always be sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and share us with your friends. We always appreciate new listeners, and you guys are continued listeners.
1: Into the new year. I mean, gosh, 2022 was so great for us. Here's to
0: 2023. Yeah.
1: So many people all around the world. It's crazy when we started this. I don't know about you, but I didn't think people from Ireland, Romania, Australia, Thailand would be listening to this podcast, but they are. And it just makes me excited for what's to come in this new year.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. We have some pretty big things in store and in the works for you. And we can't wait to let you in on all of our little unnatural secrets.
1: I agree. Right now, they're just secrets between us. But soon, there'll be secrets between the whole unnatural community.
0: Yeah, and then they really won't be secrets anymore.
1: No. (gasps)
0: Alright, well, thanks for tuning in, guys. We hope your 2023 is amazing. And we will talk to you later this week as we yeah. give you a second episode. So keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, make sure you make good choices.
1: And don't get caught. Bye! Bye! to give a uh, shout out are you still recording yeah okay i want to give a shout out to whoever bought me and sent me this book it is titled the ultimate serial killer trivia book i was gonna and, say
0: you probably want to say what it is because they're not watching they can't see right this isn't video
1: no but i i wanted to show it to you here on the camera because i still don't know who sent this to me It's been a complete enigma to me, but I figure whoever sent this to me probably listens to the podcast and knows me, I'm guessing.
0: What if it's the Psycho Stalker girl?
1: Well, let's hope it's not the Stalker. But anyway, this book is amazing. Again, it's called The Ultimate Serial Killer Trivia Book by Jack Rosewood. And I want to give you a couple um, quick hits off this, okay? Are you ready for this? the 12 most common jobs amongst serial killers. So we have aircraft machinist assembler. Okay. Shoemaker or repair person. Automobile upholsterer. Forestry worker. Okay. Which kind of surprises me. uh, Truck driver. Warehouse manager. General laborer hotel porter, gas station attendant, police or security official, military personnel, or religious official.
0: Yeah, some of those definitely make sense.
1: Yeah, some of them track, some of them are pretty surprising. Also, there's a quick did you know on here. Emily, did you know that Ted Bundy once worked the phones at Seattle's Suicide Hotline Crisis Center?
0: I believe I did know that.
1: Oh, you did? I did not. Yeah. That's weird. This one I knew. As well as being a children's entertainer, John Wayne Gacy also managed a KFC restaurant.
0: Oh, I don't think I knew that.
1: And guess where that KFC restaurant was?
0: In your hometown. My
1: hometown of Waterloo, Iowa.
0: Yeah. Didn't your dad meet him or like your uncle or something?
1: My dad met him when he was a teenager. Yeah. And this was obviously before everybody knew that he was a serial killer but they said he would always buy the young teenage boys cigarettes and booze so obviously Mm -hmm. the kids were like you know drawn to him because he was buying them booze but they always knew not to be alone with him yeah they would play pool at his place and then they would take off and this one was interesting while the top three professions for psychopaths our CEO, lawyer, and media personality there have been zero western serial killers with these professions so psychopaths aren't always serial killers
0: yes as we know but like CEO totally makes it your media personality
1: I know shut up (laughs) do you think I'm a psychopath
0: yeah <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a that was a quick answer.
1: <laughs> Let's get it going. Boom um, shakalaka. I've always wondered if the uh, song that you like hum there is actually indicative of our actual theme song. <laughs>
0: It's usually not I know
1: <laughs> Cause I always have to edit that out Which is fine But I'm, I always listen when I'm editing I'm like is she trying to sound like the theme <laughs> song Or is it her own little thing
0: It's my it's my own little theme song <laughs> of the day
1: But yeah each, each time It's probably completely different
0: <laughs> Yeah That's why I say it's the theme song of Damn the it. day Damn it
1: I should have been saving all of those
0: I didn't know that my grandma and grandpa were, uh, had a 16 year age gap.
1: Wow. Yeah. Hmm.
0: So I'm guessing the grandpa
1: was older. Yeah. It's, it's usually the guy. Yeah. Very, very rarely is it the woman that's the older one.
0: Unless she's like rich.
1: Yeah. Unless she's like an heiress or something like Paris Hilton. She'll like fucking be like 70 and dating like a 30 year old. Someday. Yeah,
0: she'll be, like, the female (laughs) Hugh Hefner. (laughs) For sure. And we will stand.
1: Oh, my God. It's going to be a lot of editing.
0: Yeah. (laughs)